0: I am Mark Claire, the host of the Lions of Liberty podcast. I should say one of the hosts. I have a couple alternate hosts, uh, Brian McWilliams and, and John Odermatt. I am the host of the Flagship Monday show uh, where I interview all sorts of people in the liberty movement, unprepared, in unprepared fashion. Uh, but our our friends here, Nate and Charlie of Good Morning Liberty, are patrons of the show. Uh, they're actually grandfathered in at the, at the Aslan level, probably one of the, <laughs> the best deals in town. They get ads on the show, and they also get in the rotation for what we're doing right now, which is... Our Nittany level show every month uh, where one of our patrons, in this case, two of our patrons at once, you you emerge into one person, Gnarly or chate or whatever you want to call yourselves. Uh, you get to produce a show and your version of producing a show is let's just hop on and, and do whatever. And that's my favorite kind of producing as well. So yeah, we just like to hang
1: out.
2: It's not like we don't have plenty of things that we can talk about. 20, 2021 is shaping up to be. Uh, I would say if you didn't think it could get any worse after 2020, you you weren't you're not a very good student of history. It can get a whole lot worse than what we had in 2020. So we've already seen a lot of crazy stuff going on. And we're about oh,
0: 2020 to have- was nothing. We didn't no. even have the Reichstag fire until, you know, until January. <laughs> on, until oh, man. Well, for those
1: of you, I just wanted to mention real quick for those, you know, before we dive right into the politics here. For those that don't know, who are going to see this maybe on Lions Liberty, uh, as Mark said, we are Good Morning Liberty, and uh, we're still trying to become a, a top tier libertarian podcast. We haven't made that list yet. <laughs> You'll get there someday. Um,
0: <laughs> I think I have. I think through Tom Woods dubbing me a top tier libertarian podcaster, I have the a power to dub that upon to you. I'm not doing it today. I'm just saying. Oh, like, okay. You know, it's what, something to, to keep in mind. It's like what a level Patreon
2: technique. donation is that? <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's one Bitcoin a month. Okay. It's <laughs> called it the top tier level. Pretty yeah. good.
2: Wow.
1: That's just one Bitcoin. Hey, you get it on the right month. It's, it's a hell of a deal. Right.
2: And so while we are called Good January Morning Liberty. January 2013. It's a great deal. <laughs> We're Good Morning Liberty. We rarely do episodes
0: in the morning. We actually are supporting. What is that about you guys? I'm, t- always, I'm always waking up, looking to wake up to Liberty, and I, I open my phone. It's not till like 4 or 5 p.m. my time I see an episode. You it's are like free, a night Liberty.
2: You are free. We are Hawaii's favorite morning show from, from what we found. Uh, but you are free to Hawaii listen. Hawaii
0: Libertarian. <laughs> love you guys.
2: <laughs> they do. You're free to listen to the episode a day late and listen to it at whatever time of the day you want to. OK, it's morning. It's it's morning o'clock somewhere, as we like to say around this. But yeah, we're just a couple of dudes that have been best friends for like 17 years. Well, I'd say on and off best friends, but friends and acquaintances <laughs> for quite some time. And and so we just decided, hey, we both really care about this thing called liberty. Neither one of us are in the the big L tent anymore, but we are libertarians. We can talk about that a little bit if you want to. I really love that debate that you just that you just uh, released out to everyone. And I, I've got some some thoughts on uh, on what we could do for the Libertarian Party and the Libertarian movement in general. But Does that
0: mean do you take the breaky side of that debate?
2: I am. I personally am more uh, on the breaky side of it. You know, what I really would like is a combination of both of those sides working together for the same end goal. That That is what I would actually like. And, and, and so I don't think we can deny the fact that Ron Paul running as a Republican and getting on the debate stage might have been one of the biggest things for liberty that we've ever seen. And I, I don't think we can just ignore that. And and act like we don't need something like that again. Another Ron Paul person getting on the Republican debate stage to to spark some type of a movement. And and so I've I've got a lot of thoughts on this. And we've talked a lot about our our future plans for the Libertarian Party. And
0: remember when uh, when we thought we had that when Rand Paul got on the debate stage? Like, all right, here we go again, baby. (laughs)
1: Mm -hmm. And then we're like, ah, just wasn't he's just not as charismatic as as his dad. No. And I like Rand uh, overall. I mean, you know,
0: a well, plus as a senator, but boy, I, as a presidential candidate, I think
1: breaking missed another point there when when Dave Smith was talking about how, you know, you know, Rand Paul having Donald Trump's ear did nothing. I would argue the opposite, actually. I, I think, you know, Trump sending Rand Paul as a diplomat to Iran may have thwarted entire World War three, World War three.
0: I think it was very might, important. But, yeah. but we might be caught. We might we might be caught in a time warp here for for listeners of the show because this will probably be put out on uh, the Lions of Liberty public feed sometime this week. While I'm holding the breaky debate, <laughs> Dave Smith debate behind the paywall until until Monday's episode.
1: Okay, oh, uh, so sorry. we can talk about it. No, oh, we can yeah. still talk about
0: it. Yeah, let's just not let's not spoil the whole thing. We'll we'll <laughs> drop in some teasers. But we can Look, still have the the. That's conversation. the only
1: thing I'm going to give away then. Yes. Well, that's that's it. Well, I'm going to give away a lot. Also, more than Dave that. is
0: shirtless the whole time.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. Um, it was great, though. By the way, for everybody looking yeah, forward to Monday,
0: that's why I joined the Patreon so you can see that the live. Stream. Exactly. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I've already listened through it a couple times just so I could get all of my uh, my debate responses ready. You now we talked about it yesterday on our show. Actually, uh, what because uh, it seems like we share a lot of patrons. A lot of people were talking it about does that seem debate that way. already. Yes. A lot of uh, yeah you're welcome yeah so uh, that's that's a (laughs) i think that they both made really good points and i think that we need a combination of the two of them i I, I don't think we can deny what happened with Ron Paul. I don't think we can deny what happened with the Tea Party movement as fake as it turned out to be. It did bring us Rand Paul, <clears throat> Thomas Massey, Justin Amash. Justin Amash is trying to bring people over to the Libertarian Party Would any of us, any of us even know his name if he had not ran as a Republican and and gotten the uh, won the election. that He won. Uh, so there's, I think we're kind of retroactively deciding that um, the fact that Justin Amash was a Republican and the fact that Ron Paul was a Republican just doesn't matter as far as pushing the movement. And would we ever even know who those people are? I know a lot of us would know who Ron Paul is for sure, but would those people have the influence they had if they hadn't decided to run as Republicans? Yeah. And I'm sorry, I'm, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I mean, I just I don't care what the person's political party is. I know a lot of people we're supposed to be like that, right? Like libertarians. Uh, I realize that there is a party and, and, and that you want to support the, the Libertarian Party, but I just want there to be more liberty. I want there to be people that are fighting for less government. Prin- and I don't care what the letter is. Principles over party. It's, yeah. I, I'm literally principles over party. I don't care what the letter next to the person's name is. I yeah, want them a party to get elected. Is-
0: It's nothing more than a tool. Whether it has the word libertarian on it or the word Republican or the word fascist, I don't really care, it's a tool. So however that tool is used by whomever, if it's used to advance liberty and to get us in a better situation or to, quote unquote, <clears throat> wake people up, whatever it is, I'm for it. So you, you know, do, if you're more passionate uh, working in the Libertarian Party, you find the Republican Party ugly and disgusting, you don't want to deal with those people, cool, go do it. Uh, if you want to be one of those people that helps us get the next Ron Paul type or an Eric Brakey tape, I'd love to see Eric Brakey on a debate stage. I think he would kill it um, and wants to you know take that more mainstream route, do it. We have to remember here where we are right now, politically speaking – Every party, including large elements of the Libertarian Party, are progressive parties right now. The Democratic Mm -hmm. Party is obviously a progressive party. The Republican Party is a progressive party. They're just progressive light. What the progressives did is they took over politics and culture in its entirety. That's what they've done. So, yeah, maybe the Democratic Party feels like, you know, maybe the the extreme version. So that feels like the quote unquote left. But the, Demo- the, the Republican Party of 2020 is an extreme left wing party compared to the Republican Party of maybe 20, 30 years ago. Uh, so the left is dominating. The left has dominated the culture war. They've dominated the political war on all fields. And if we really want to see, quote unquote, more liberty, however we define that, uh, we're going to need to wage war and wage battle on all fronts, not just pick one. So. Well- I'm, I'm a, let's do everything. I think,
1: honestly, the progressives outsmarted everyone else by winning the culture war first. Mm -hmm. And you can see that dominating not only in politics, but throughout companies and education for sure. And I think they definitely outsmarted everyone else by switching over to the culture war first, um, and then obtaining victory now politically um because regardless like you're right whoever's been in party uh, whether it's a republican or democrat doesn't matter as uh, far as presidential or anything else is controlled we've done nothing but become more progressive we've had you know increased taxation we've had more wars we've had everything that we we've had more of everything we stand against <laughs> Doesn't you know, matter
2: who's in who's in control. Nobody's
1: nobody's in Congress proposing a zero percent, you know, income tax. Uh,
2: I think that's something that the liber- that libertarians lack as a long term strategy. I don't remember a lot of people. I mean, I wouldn't remember it at all because it was like a hundred years ago. But as we started to enact little progressive policy after progressive policy, I wouldn't think that there were tons of socialists saying that's you're not socialist enough. We can't support you. There's no way that we can get behind this because you're not calling for enough government intervention and everything. And, what they've noticed is that they can chip away and grow the government just a little bit at a time over the span of 120 years or so. They can grow the government just one little thing at a time. And I think there's a big problem with libertarians where if we don't have someone who's nearly an anarchist running and proposing those types of policies, then we can't support it. And that's where I get upset with a lot of the hatred towards Uh, Rand Paul, is he a straight-up libertarian? No. Is he a necessary step towards a libertarian government in the future? I think he probably is a necessary step towards that government. We have to realize that it's going to take 100 years to get towards the government that we want to have, and we're not doing that because we're not willing to take small steps in the right direction. And and I think that's always going to be a a major problem, is that lack of long-term strategy and what is your end goal? And what's that going to look like for 100 years? What's it going to look like in the first 10 years? What small strides can we make towards that goal? And no one's ever willing to really take those small strides. We demonize people like Ram. I'll just keep using Ram Paul because, I don't know, he's easy to, to use when it comes to that. But we demonize people like that because they're not real libertarians and he's not like his dad. And we forget that you got someone in there that could help us towards a first step step towards our hundred year goal of becoming a libertarian government. And, and there's just no strategy whatsoever. It gets very frustrating.
1: Let me ask you a philosophical question. Can we ever reach a libertarian uh, goal? Because I would, I would argue that the progressives also have natural forces on their side, because (laughs) when you look throughout history, I mean, governments just grow. That's what they do. I I haven't, I've yet to see one government get smaller. Uh, Until all, all of well, at,
0: at some point they get smaller, but <laughs> well, usually not. But usually, in a there's fun a, way. a war. <laughs> it's, it's a balloon that pops. Yeah.
2: So, yeah. what do you think, Mark? I mean, is is, is did that only happen? You know, is what our I dream just, even possible? What I just explained did that only happen because that is the natural uh, force of humanity is to move towards more control, and not because they were very smart at strategy.
0: I think it's this uh, interesting sort of dichotomy where as a society for whatever reasons uh, and in the case of the United States it it is kind of both reasons uh, whether it's because they have prosperity through trade and uh, free markets and such which the United States has had a lot of prosperity because of that or if they have prosperity Mm -hmm. because of empire building and such which also the United States has had a lot of prosperity due to as well regardless of how that prosperity is achieved it does seem to me that the more prosperity a society achieves, the more the, the population sort of um, doesn't necessarily appreciate what got them there and starts to call for, as they have more wealth, you start to see them calling for new things because they see all this wealth and they, they can't really see the society before that. They can't really see, you know, the, what, what got them from point A to point B? So once you have the problem of, say, food uh, is no longer an issue, like we wake up every day in the society and pretty much nobody, even the poorest of poor people, no one is waking up and thinking, where exactly am I going to get food today? We actually even have an you're... obesity problem. <laughs> yeah, we actually have an obesity problem, especially among the poor, more yes. so among the poor. <laughs> yes. Uh, that's not an issue where we're going to get food. So when, when where we're going to get food is no longer an issue. And that is really where what our bodies are our, our, and our minds are biologically inclined to do it's get food and reproduce that's what we're there to do so once once these problems are essentially solved uh, the reproducing thing might still be a problem for a lot of libertarians but that's a that separate issue <laughs> altogether but once these problems are generally solved society wise well now I think we're inclined to find new problems and to beg for new solutions to new answers and when you have this government and all this prosperity and all these people to tax well why shouldn't the government be doing it because the people in the government are people who are just responding to their constituents ultimately they want to achieve more power and if their constituents want more things Things from the government, whether it's paying their student loans or paying for their health care or all these things that people start to see as rights because all of what we you know all of the essentials of life have essentially been taken care of well then we get to this point where it becomes this never-ending cycle Of course politicians want to want to succeed, want to advance their careers, want to gain more power to do so they have to promise more and more things and people look around they see a prosperous society and they think why shouldn't we have health care why shouldn't we have this why shouldn't we have that And so the politicians who have no stake in this whatsoever, have not no not, there's no reason for them not to promise it. There's no reason at all. The system is set up that way. It's set up so that the people that promise you things face zero consequence for the the end result of giving you those things or of making those promises. And the results might often not be felt for 10, 20, 30 years uh, and the politicians aren't going to be the ones taking the blame because now we'll always go back to well, uh, it's the capitalists. It's the capitalists. Oh, yeah. you know, when, there's, when, there, when we call for a $15 minimum wage, uh, if a business can't pay that, quote unquote can't pay that or doesn't want to pay that, it's not because of the minimum Wage is because that business is obviously greedy, and this is and uh, the problems never really seem to get addressed. And to do to answer your question, yeah, I think it's kind of inevitable. <laughs>
1: right. It. That's part of me thinks that, but of course, I I, I don't want to give up, you know. Uh, and I think what we're doing is important. I also think you see a sense of arrogance pop up um, during this time as well. Like, so it's almost like gratitude. Because America was the greatest country ever to immigrate to. And so you had so much gratitude and people who wanted to build better lives. And you still have that. I mean, there's still people who die on rafts trying to get here from Cuba. But um, but that that gratitude sure does shifts to arrogance. And I see that like in tweets like, you know, Jeff Bezos could be a hero if he wanted to. He could eradicate poverty. And what that means, what I think that means, the, per- the person writing that tweet means, if I had Jeff Bezos' money, I would i would cure poverty you know which is mathematically impossible
0: even these anyway. these statements that people make it shows so so much ignorance as if if you just took you know 10 billion dollars and gave it to everyone poor poverty is solved no that $10 billion would go to all the poor people, they would eat for a day each or two, and then we have poverty again. Yes. It shows no understanding of what, the, what actually causes the conditions of poverty or more, more importantly, what causes the conditions of prosperity because poverty is is really the natural state. I mean, that's the natural state of mankind. Before we developed industry and trade, uh, we were born onto this earth and we're born poor. We're born needing to find food, needing to find shelter. Uh, we're just really lucky, uh, you know, all of us, to have been born at this advanced state of society where we're so far past that we're so far past um, that 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 actually having wealth and having prosperity seems like the natural state. It seems like what we should have. So then people make I see these all these memes like there is no reason. Man, I saw one the other day, and it's hard to tell sometimes what's parody and what's not. Now, <laughs> yeah. but uh, you know, one was somebody saying like there is no reason that if someone does not want to spend their life working for another company or working to to earn a living, that person should be guaranteed. The healthcare, they should be guaranteed. Housing, they should be guaranteed. Food, they should be guaranteed. A cute puppy, they should be guaranteed. <laughs> all these things in life, and because that's how it feels. If when you look, if you don't understand economics, you don't understand what got us here. It you look around, you you, you kind of feel that way, maybe. Like you see, like why shouldn't people have all these things? Why should you have to go work work for some company just to have the basic things that everybody around me, even homeless people, that have a phone seem to have? Um, so I think when when most people who let's be honest, we're raised in public schools. We're not, we don't talk we're not taught any of this stuff any of it at all. Everything I learned about real life was taught, was learned outside of school, either from my dad or from just being in life, or books I read outside. I mean, what you learn in school is how to be a soldier, how to be a factory worker in a progressive society, top-down controlled society. That's what you learn in school. And it's funny, we talk about how the the progressives have taken over over the years. Uh, They've really played the long game in every way, to the and that they've moved the Overton window so much that now, the Republican Party, the the party fighting against progressive the Republican Party is the party that fights to, to open schools again so that you can send your kids back to learn how to be progressives again. Yeah. That's the Republican Party. That's the resistance. So right. You send them right.
2: back to the indoctrination camps yeah, known yeah. as public schools. Oh, we got to get our kids back yeah. in school. How else are they going to
0: learn to, to throw us into boxcars in 20 years?
2: This, uh, this is one of the big issues with messaging I think we have because I think a lot of people uh, you were running through, well, why shouldn't people have healthcare and why shouldn't people have this minimum wage and and I really think that people who think like we do need to take as much responsibility as we can in the fact that we're not winning the messaging war for some kind of reason. And that that is what we're what we're trying to do. To be honest with you, I think Spike Cohen is one of the best people I've heard as far as the messaging uh, to come out in the last 10, 20 years, honestly. I think that the way he handles the messaging on on this whole idea um, is is possibly one of the best people out there but we're lo- we're losing when it comes to that because our ideas are uh, well I'll just be they're right. Okay, so so we know it's right, and the reason you can you know it's right is because we don't want to force anyone to do anything with the barrel of a gun, and so that ends up having to be right. At That's the, end the problem of the day. with libertarians, Nate. You
0: guys just all think you're right all the time. <laughs> That's what I hear all the time. It's like, well, stop being wrong, and yeah. then we can stop being right.
2: But but our argument is very difficult because. We can't, you know. I saw uh, who was it? Joshua Reed Equal post the other day that um, the libertarians' argument for health care can't just be that the free market will solve the problem. And I understand what he's saying when he says that. He's saying that we need to actually point out. Uh, what the solutions will be, what it will look like here. If you if we're not going to provide the government provided healthcare, what will the free market side actually look like? As we as we know and you know, we don't have a free market in healthcare whatsoever. So, but we can say the free market will take care of it. But it is difficult to say exactly what the free market will do because then you're basically becoming an inventor and and deciding what the free market's going to do. It's actually pretty difficult. If you were in the year uh, 1980. You wouldn't say, well, I can't get from point A to point B. And you're not like, well, don't worry. Someday we'll have Uber and you'll be using your iPhone. So everything's cool. Look at this future we're going to have. No, you're an inventor at that point in time. And you would just go and invent it. So it's very difficult to say the free market's going to do this. Without actually becoming the person who invents that thing, people will create it because it's going to have a financial benefit, and 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 they will create it not because they want to help people, but because they can make some money off of it. And making money is just means that you traded value with another person, and so so we can't demonize that. But it we have a very difficult message because our answer is individual people who uh, want to help themselves out of their own self-interest are going to find ways to do things that are in turn going to help other people. And we're going to have a better life because of that. The only, the only evidence we have of that, uh, well, is... is uh all know. of history. All of history. <laughs> yes, <laughs> right, thank you. I was right. gonna say, I was gonna say the last couple hundred years, but, but I think we to, have good we have good evidence that that's gonna happen.
1: I think to Mark's point, you we don't learn that in history. I mean, obviously, like you learn about Hitler and you learn about um some of well, I think we,
0: Hitler's like all I learned about history exactly. <laughs> yeah. now. I think about it in right. high school, like what did I learn? How much did, much did you learn? learn about Stalin, I by the way? I didn't did you learn, learn about like Stalin? American Revolution, Lincoln freed slaves, and then w- suddenly we're at Hitler? Like yeah. <laughs> there's hardly anything in between. Exactly
1: it wasn't until I, I mean, I, I started, I mean, I understood more than that, but really a couple of years ago, I read human progress by Johan Norberg and my God, my eyes were just like open with these unbelievable facts, you know, back in, I mean, before 1900, it was like 90% of the Western world, like the richest people ever lived on less than a dollar a day in today's money, mm-hmm. by the way, like people were talking about, well, child labor is a crime. It's like, well, you know, back in. Back before 1900, you started working on the farm when you were five or six or seven, because like, yeah. because you had to, otherwise you didn't eat. Because we're in a survival
0: <laughs> state then, yeah, right, exactly. And think- the only reason we can have the luxury to have laws that ban child labor is because we had already stopped using child labor because we had already advanced to the point that you no longer needed to send your kids to the field to you know to farm and raise the horses or whatever happened hundred years ago. I'm, I'm glad I was born now. I'm I'm so glad I didn't grow up, uh, you know, raising horses and all this sort of thing. Or I keep saying raising horses is that even a thing what's it called when you i don't know i've never been on a farm obviously (laughs) (laughs) mark's out in california rearing horses is that what you do to the what do you do to the horses i don't
2: even know real farmers don't have horses uh, horses mark you can't use you can't eat them and you can't use them for glue anymore those are for those rich big city farmers that just want to show off their their toys this is how
0: disconnected i am from the people i'm 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 over here on a horse farm a luxurious horse farm
1: nate's family are big time farmers yeah but they've got cows and pigs and a lots of lots of uh grain. Yes, lots That's of grain. You know,
0: when I was 10 years old, uh you know, my dad this might have been child labor too. I like I had an allowance <laughs> when I was a kid, but I it wasn't just like here's money. I had to do XYZ chores. I had to walk the dog every day. I had to take out the garbage. I had to do dishes. I had to mow the lawn. Um so I had a job, I guess you could say, where I for $20 a week, I did like all these tasks that I'm sure took me a number of hours. I'm sure I was paid well below any. I might have actually been minimum wage at that point in like the in early '90s, um, but. But and then at that point, you know, because I started doing mowing the lawn for my dad, uh, I became a little entrepreneurial, and I made some flyers up, and I went went around to my neighborhood, and I put flyers in everyone's mailbox, said, "Hey, I'll mow your lawn for like twenty bucks or ten bucks or whatever it was," and I started basically a lawn mowing business uh, that I did for like you know the next four or five years. So you've been uh, greedy since you were
1: like ten. What's that? You've been greedy since you were like 10.
0: Uh, I've been greedy since long before that. That was just <laughs> when I realized, wait, people will give me money for menial tasks that I don't really mind doing. Right. Um, Man, I, I got to be honest. Part of me wants to just like make life simple again and go back to just mowing lawns. Like it oh, actually yeah. sounds really nice. You get some fresh air. You're just outside. Like it's, it's a straightforward task. I don't need to think too deeply about it. And it's really uh, freeing. Maybe- Maybe this this show might change my life. I, mean, I Why do record. you think of you listen a to
1: a second tier podcast in your AirPods while you're mowing. <laughs> you <could. Yeah>, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Why do you think Forest of <laughs> the I got Gump my second tier playlist, but do you that guys write the top. company? You know, so we're, I, I, we're at the top of Mark's second tier playlist. That's good. That's good. <laughs> as I've soon been, as I get
0: to the top tier, you guys are right there on the next playlist. So
1: right I talked to talk
2: my wife about how uh, maybe I should just go back and drive for Uber or something, or maybe I should go back and wait tables at Olive Garden. Like Are, I you, kinda, play, are you quitting? I, I might. I, who knows? Um, I, <laughs> There's I, a simplicity to it is. that was like freeing, you know, very freeing. And you're not thinking about career prospects. You're just
1: there just yeah. doing it. Yeah, I kind of I don't actually I got to go. <laughs> no, <laughs> I was watching this uh, well actually I heard this guy maybe on.
0: we should all combine to form a lawn mowing business there you yes. go <laughs> every time we're together we do talk about forming some business oh together yeah that's right day. Yeah, well, we have the, the, healthcare, van. Oh, yeah, the uh, healthcare van oh uh, yeah healthcare van the yeah. hangover Liberty van. Healthcare Van. Now we're going to start the
1: Liberty Lawn Care business. <laughs> Liberty Lawn Care. That Actually, that flows. That sounds really great, actually.
0: John Bryant, I hereby renounce my stake in Lions Liberty. It's all yours. <laughs> I've got stuff going on now. And are we're going to s- hire a bunch of ten-year-olds. Are you <laughs> and prove that child labor is okay? Are you allowed
2: to mow lawns in California right now, or is that like a capital offense? Is that? I think
0: you probably, li- 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 honestly, you probably are supposed to wear a mask when you mow your lawn, and that's probably not a joke. You yeah. are supposed to wear a mask anywhere in public. So mm. is your lawn public? I guess it's on private property, but I don't know. Huh. So that air yeah, just, is always mixing. So. Just got
2: to watch out for that sidewalk. you step over the sidewalk, there's probably cops sitting there waiting, waiting to take you in <laughs> right there. How, for that. how are things out there uh, in Tennessee there, uh, corona-wise? Um, you know the numbers, Charlie? Do you know the numbers at all? We're pretty eased on a lot of the lockdown measures. I mean, everything... I can pretty much go do anything, but any really restaurant that you want to go to or anything like that. Obviously, I mean, But you can't... have
0: like movie theaters and restaurants and gyms and things like that. There's one theater I know is open, which is the
2: IMAX theater. I've gone to see uh, some movies. I think there. all the
1: theaters are open. We uh, just went this I weekend. know the one
2: in Mount Juliet's closed still. I can, I Uh-oh. can tell you that. Um, but there are some open theaters. Any restaurant you want to go to is pretty much open. Actually, a lot of them in some of the cities, uh, no one is even wearing masks at, at all. And, and, it's it's pretty crazy you you go in some cities and it looks like everything is completely normal if you go in davidson county metro nashville it's a little bit different but still pretty much everything is is open it's the traffic's still terrible and uh yeah everything's kind of moving along
1: now the case is Is it weird is it weird that i miss traffic like i miss like
0: (laughs) (laughs) i don't that's not really true that's actually the one good thing about this you miss what traffic means.
1: Yes, exactly. I miss
0: I miss what yeah. traffic
2: means, not the actual traffic. The hustle and bustle. Yeah, it
0: means human activity and life.
2: Right, right. What, did, Charlie? Are the numbers pretty bad here? Or because everything's opened up, or what, what's going on? I, I can't remember. I know yeah, as
1: far as ratios are concerned, I think Tennessee's um, up near one of the worst now. Yeah, um, was yeah, it out but, there? I think it was. I feel like I read this. Maybe it was Nashville, but maybe I'm making
0: that up. But it was one city where they did a study, you know, finding that there was basically no transmission at bars or restaurants. Yes, Nashville. And then they, yeah, right. And they shuffled it. I might have even heard it on your show, actually. I'm probably stealing your material.
2: They hid the, uh, they came out with a study showing that they, they couldn't really find any transmission from the bars and restaurants. Mm -hmm. And basically uh, the, the county health department pretty much conspired to hide, to keep that study from coming out so they could keep the bars and restaurants closed and the data that, you know, someone, I don't know if someone hacked an email or it accidentally got released somehow, whatever happened. I'm because sure that a
1: whistleblower. Or yeah, something. I think
2: that person ended up having to flee to Russia or something like that. But they ended up relaxing all of the restrictions a day later saying that it was safe enough to open everything. So it was literally just the fact that they were hiding this study to try and keep everything closed. And once it came out the day after that, they announced that we were going into the next phase and that we could open up stuff and all that. This is so. when
0: you really got to think like, what's the motivation here mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. there's a lot of people that will say well the politicians are just, they just mean well they just want to do the best for everybody they're they're maybe doing the wrong thing but they're it's because they just don't know what to do here and they're 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 flailing about trying to do something about coronavirus but when you hear little stories like this are all over the place all over the country uh, of them either hiding data ignoring data um it's clear when they're ignoring data or in this case more actively hiding data I don't even know the answer. I don't know what the motivation is because what is a, why does a random health department inspector in Nashville, Tennessee care if it's about keeping restaurants closed other than to just maybe look like their job's important. Maybe that is the motivation.
1: That's I think that's, they have to look like they're doing something or else why um, exist. Right. Because what's the whole like, you know, free market will take care of it type of thing. You can't really like, if you're not actively doing something, then people don't think you have a solution because I, I hear people all the time. If, uh, if I say, well, what they're doing is wrong and some people will say, well, at least they're doing something. So it's some, somewhere deep inside people's minds, there's this act of like, well, at least they're doing something. I equate this to like, um, uh, even in business, like you have busy work versus, you know, work that actually as Jason Stapleton would call move the needle, you know, you see a lot of people and I have in my career where they just do a bunch of busy work and it's like, well, at least they're doing something. It's like, well, what, you're just wasting time. Honestly, like all the busy work doesn't really equate to, you know, getting, uh, more revenue or whatever it may be. You're just filling the time gap. Like you're do, you're doing something. Um, and people will, will say, well, you know, at least they're, at least they're doing something.
2: I I think that is the motivation behind it. I think it's to make it look like you care. I think that's the number one right. thing since we're, you know, emotions first. Kind of society. Look, this person cares. Did it work? I don't know. At least they're trying something. I think that goes for almost all of the policies, whether or not they end up working. That can go for the minimum wage. It can go for a government takeover of healthcare. It can go for stimulus checks. It can go for all kinds of stuff like that. At least they tried something, and we never you go really... for
0: the the war in Iraq. Yes, I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: At least we tried. At least we tried something. We tried <laughs> destroying a nation. We you know? tried. So Look, we and, gave and, it a shot, and I guess we succeeded. Oh yeah, that I, I I one mean, actually worked out. We're actually, I mean, it
0: not, not not for that them or for us but one of the only tasks
2: the government sets out to do which is to destroy other countries they they actually have been pretty effective at that well actually this one too i guess so yeah now they're they they made that their main goal
1: then uh, they the, call it nation building, which is yeah. weird. <laughs> I, I
0: forget the phrase. It's like something's boomerang or something. I'm not the scholar here. Uh, but it's the idea that whatever the, the government does abroad or overseas eventually comes back home. And we're seeing it now, even like with what's going on in D.C. Uh, in preparation for the inauguration. They're creating uh, something or in, around uh, the area of the inauguration called green zones. Have you heard that term before? I haven't. Uh, well, uh, no, no, I haven't. And uh, have you, if you really not, like yeah. in Iraq, the, the green zones are like the, the kind of like military controlled areas they've established in Baghdad. And, uh, you know, areas around high high security perimeter areas, basically, yeah. is what they've established in areas overseas, specifically like in Baghdad. Um, so now they're using the exact same term and the exact same methods right here in Washington, D.C. It's Have
2: you ever seen a level of hypocrisy so big? I mean, just the... I, I don't even know how to describe it, but the the level of hypocrisy we've seen between the two sides, and I think since we're all libertarians, we can point out that both left and right are both very hypocritical when it comes to all these things. But man, I remember when it was a really, really bad idea to send the National Guard out into the streets uh, to try and protect federal buildings and, and, and to protect property and, and do all of the... I remember when that was like, Uh, You have a good memory because that was was
0: like three months ago. I know.
2: I know. (laughs) I mean, I remember when that was just obvious white supremacy, racism, uh, you know, uh, dictator, fascism, all these things. And now it's like we can't get enough troops. In, you know what the, you're doing uh,
0: now, Nate, though. You know what you're doing. I, it's whataboutism. What you're doing whataboutism, so everything you say is invalid. I, it's yeah, just, I know. I, it's, it drives It drives me nuts. And I, Brian, I, what, had a, Brian had a pretty good rant about that the other week on uh, Electric Liberty Land where he had about a 10-minute rant against about this. It, it's, a, it's like the ultimate... Uh, catchphrase just toss it at something because you don't have an argument. Anything comparing two things. Oh, what aboutism? Oh, yeah. what aboutism? Meanwhile, yeah. what about the part where you are actually being a hypocrite? Can we not? Can we yeah, not talk hip- about that at all? Hypocrites
2: have this list of what I call uh, I call them flags, like a like a referee throws a flag, a penalty flag t- during a game. Um, hypocrites that are arguing with something have this whole list of things that they'll call as penalties during an argument, so they don't actually have to respond
1: to the they don't argument have to be responsible so, for their incoherence.
2: So they'll say red herring, straw man, <sighs> appeal to authority, whataboutism. They'll they'll throw out all this stuff anything to try uh, to get out of having to respond to the point that someone's making. And the problem with whataboutism is not what we're doing is not whataboutism. Whataboutism would be you making the excuse for you doing something because someone else did something is how I, that would be the bad part. It's this vicious <laughs> cycle of because, well, Obama did this every time you talk about Trump doing doing some type of executive. Well, look at what Obama did. And when Obama's, well look at what Bush did when he was doing this. And then you keep using the fact that the the previous person did this thing as a reason to do it. And what I think is important to do is to call out when there's just a straight-up hypocrisy going on, and that both sides are wrong in in this instance, and that both sides are being very, very hypocritical about the whole thing. And uh, I don't think there's anything wrong with just making that point and trying to argue for a more objective truth and reality in our conversations. But well, I agree of course. that obviously that's just because uh, I'm a racist or something. I don't yeah. know. I don't you're know man- what that is. Sounds
1: like you're mansplaining.
2: Yeah, honestly. Oh, uh, I had a question uh, from one of our listeners, Ooh. Patreon supporters. I believe he's also a Patreon supporter of yours. Jim McGill. We call him Magoo. Um, what do you think has better odds? Rob Schneider going on Brian Williams show or Trump pardoning Assange today?
0: <laughs> Which one do you think has better odds? Wow. Oh, that is a tough one. Ooh, I'm gonna was a go. One. <laughs> I'm gonna go with Rob Schneider going on Electric Liberty Land. That okay. is going to happen. Actually, he had a well. I don't want to get into his personal stuff. Rob Rob Schneider had a tragedy in the family recently, so that's yeah. why uh, we're not doing it right now. But all right, that's all going right. to happen. And I don't think Trump is going to pardon Assange. Trump is the one that arrested Assange. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think there's a, the only one I've
2: seen them come out and say he's not going to do is Assange. And it makes me wonder if we're going to hear anything. Uh, I did see that yesterday. People, White House staff was saying not to expect a pardon for Julian Assange. I I think Ross Ulbricht is more likely than Assange. Yeah, I do. I do too. And I hope that since they also didn't say Snowden when the, when they said no Assange, um, that maybe there's still a chance. That that Snowden could get a pardon, I don't know. When people listen to this, they'll know. So I guess we'll just sound like
0: idiots talking about Have this. Have you right guys now. ever explored the idea that um, this is kind of a, a deep a deep conspiracy dive? The right. idea that Ed, Edward Snowden is an op? Uh, I am I, not saying I, I believe know. that, I but I'm just I definitely heard if you've uh, the idea. I'll be honest
1: and don't know what that means. I don't know what you said. Well, okay, sounds like that, you got peanut butter in your yeah. mouth or something. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, I am eating peanut butter here, but that's <laughs> okay. beside the point. Um, my morning coffee and peanut butter while I learn about liberty. <laughs> Basically, the idea is that Edward Snowden is someone who, that did work for the CIA and as is often stated, you know, once you work for the CIA, you always work for the CIA. So there are those that believe that Edward and I didn't really necessarily put any credence into this until the last Joe Rogan interview I heard when I just started to. I can't really even say exactly why I started to feel this way, but I just started to feel this way listening to him for two hours on Joe Rogan. I started to feel like, wow, this guy actually sounds like he's parroting so many establishment talking points. And I started to think to myself things that I've heard other people say and think, does this actually make sense? Is this possible? And when you think about it, it kind of makes sense because how normal now is the idea that the government captures all our data and the and it's just it's just taken for granted and it's not even seen as shocking. Um I remember when I I think it was like, was it like 10 years ago almost that it came out? I remember it seeming it wasn't shocking to me. Yeah. Like I was like, of course they take all our data, like who didn't know that? But it, it was a big deal. And I, I've learned to believe Whether it's coronavirus, whether it's uh, Russian interference, whatever it is, if CNN is telling us about it all day, we should be suspicious of why. It doesn't mean it's not a true (laughs) thing happening, but we should be suspicious. And when this happened, we were being told about it like 24 7. And if this guy's a real rebel and a real like going against the system here, like he is, this is not in the Washington Post. This is not like in the New York Times. Like this is not on CNN. And to me it, I, I think it's a it's a somewhat plausible idea. I'm again I'm not saying this is the case. I have no real evidence to, to say mm-hmm. so. It's a somewhat plausible idea that it was an intentional release, an intentional way to just, you know, shock shock us into this into normalcy, into this being coming normal. Um, and it is normal now. Is it not normal? I mean, does it, is it, is there any resistance to the idea that the government captures all our data? Like there's none. I mean, I don't even hear libertarians talking about it because we've kind of given up too. It's like, yeah, all our data is captured and I I include myself in this. I'm just kind of like, yeah, they hear everything I do. They they hear everything I see. They see all my communications. Even when I'm on signal or telegram or something, I still assume that everything is being read or captured in some way and so it seems like it's kind of worked and he's living a, a great life in Russia now I have no idea what kind of life he's living I'm just saying <laughs> in, in the hypothetical idea where he's been an op this whole time uh, he's probably doing okay living, living as a nice is,
1: life like he was the pawn so to speak that they needed to yeah I guess it could be villain. a few ways
0: he could literally be an op intentionally working with them or it could he could be more of a pawn where he was you know maybe they knew he was given this data on purpose or given access to this information on purpose and they kind of allowed it to occur you could look at it in several several they different tiers of conspiracy like a like most conspiracy
2: theories i will accept that it is possible uh but that i have no evidence that it is true I and have no so evidence, no. and so there and i know that's the same thing you said so i that could very well be possible. Um, the one thing about you know the Washington Post and CNN and all them talking about, it, I will say this was all tied back. I know that it was while Obama was president, but it did really mm. tie back to to the George W. Bush administration uh, and the things that they did. So it could have been in an effort to uh, make that government, that regime, old look Dick. even worse. Old you know. Cheney's. Um Cheney's. Th- th-
0: if that was be. the angle, I would buy that more. But I, I yeah. never saw that angle once. Like any, I never saw the Bush administration mentioned as in any kind of critical way throughout. Yeah. yeah. One thing that makes it hard for
1: me to believe are things like signal. I mean, signal is to end encrypted. And so far, I don't know of any technological way of breaking that unless quantum computers are way farther advanced than I know of.
0: I don't know. I just assume they can like somehow record just what I'm doing on my phone somehow, even if they can't see signal itself. Oh, uh, yeah. Can so they, okay. see they can, what I'm doing, like my screen share. I don't know. Yeah, I'm I'm not a, a government spy. I don't know what they can do, but I assume they can do. A <laughs> sure. Lot. Sure. You're not that. That's how you know. <laughs> that's what just you, what a government yeah. spy would say. He would also accuse someone that released uh, a bunch of information as being a spy. That's probably what a government spy
1: might yeah. do. you yes. mm, <laughs> would also probably try Those to start a million business, I bet.
0: Yeah, that's what <laughs> government spies do, actually. Um, uh, oh,
1: Mark, he's just a—he's just that'd be a, a hell long of a cover. Guy.
0: <laughs> do Libertarian you, podcaster turned lawnmower is actually
2: a government spy. Could, <laughs> who could have seen that one coming? Could you explain to me, because you probably know this way more than I, explain to me why I'm supposed to like or hate the Mises caucus in the Libertarian Party, because I haven't heard enough about it. Except, like or hate. Hmm. Um, I mean, so actually, to tell you the truth, the things i I've could heard, probably do both sides. The things I've heard about it are obviously that they were a bunch of vicious, racist, white supremacists. But I know nothing about what it is they're actually talking for pushing for somehow this all skirted just just right over the top uh, it's probably only for like top tier libertarian podcast hosts actually get to <laughs> exactly. see what's going on when that happens so could you should i be still interested in joining the libertarian party and joining the Mises caucus because i did join the libertarian party thanks to you and the argument that you were making back in the day with uh, Tom Woods and Jason Stapleton and, and mm. all of those. And then I saw enough posts from Nick Sarwark that I went ahead and canceled my membership to the Libertarian Party. And, and so now that's I'm That's what he wants you to do. I know. Say. I, don't, I don't know <laughs> if that's true. <laughs> um, uh, so should I still be interested in this idea or is it, is it all lost? What, what's going on here?
0: Well, we only have so much time in the day, Nate, so I would never (laughs) tell anybody they should go take this path and put their energy into it or they should go take that that path. Uh, We have limited time of the day, limited time of the week. You know, But I I do think it's potentially, uh, just as I see both sides of the Dave Smith-Eric Brakey debate as having potential for for something, I I definitely see that potential in the Libertarian Party. Um, I I think it's a a difficult... It all depends on your expectations. What what are you expecting to get out of it? Are you expecting to get a Libertarian president? No, then don't bother. (laughs) Don't bother. bother. Are you expecting to see a place where you can have a true, bold Libertarian message that you're probably never going to get on a a Republican debate stage? At best, we might get Rand Paul 2024, a somewhat tepid constitutional conservative message, which maybe is worth supporting. Uh, in the grand scheme of things, but that's that's probably the best we're going to get in 2024 in terms of like a Republican debate stage. So if you want to see somewhere where there's more excitement, somewhere where there's a hardcore libertarian message, there is that possibility within the libertarian party. And I think over the last 20 years, um, I think the most hardcore candidate of the last 20 years was Harry Brown, 2000s, and the last time he ran was in 2000. Since then, we had, well, you could call Michael Badneric hardcore as fuck actually. He didn't even have a driver's license. So maybe 2004 <laughs> is the last hardcore libertarian <laughs> campaign. Uh, since then, we have had milk toast, former Republican, sort of quasi libertarian. I mean, Bob Bob Barr was a full scale drug warrior when he ran. When he ran. <laughs> like, I mean, it's crazy. And then, you know, Gary Johnson, Bill Weld, even Joe Jorgensen. Um, Joe Jorgensen actually represents probably a trend back towards a stronger libertarian message because. Uh, in the grand scheme of things, yes. Um, she's a very nice woman. Not an incredibly charismatic person. Not an incredibly inspiring person. I wish no ill against her. Uh, I've spoken to her, interviewed her. She's really, really, really awesome person. So I don't, I don't want to deride her in any way. But she's not the most inspiring, charismatic person in the world. She would probably even admit that herself. Um, but she does represent a move to- towards a more libertarian message. I mean, she is like like a Rothbardian and Cap. I, I mean, in terms of her actual beliefs. Um, I, I mean, she's she's definitely like not not a a milk toast Bill Weld type <laughs> in terms of her political beliefs, she's way more hardcore than like a Gary Johnson uh, on guns and and then on everything on, on, on drug legalization, uh, any subject. So the the candidate trend is definitely has definitely moved back uh, towards a little more libertarian of a message. I, th- I feel like Joe Jorgensen was kind of a, a compromise between the Mises Caucus types who are promoting really want to see the most hardcore pro freedom, um, anti drug war, anti Fed, anti empire message, which just seems like it should be the libertarian. Message. Message all around, but it's not all the time. Uh, based on the candidates, I think it shows that was kind of a compromise between them and the pragmatists. Uh, because Joe Jorgensen also didn't scare the pragmatists away. The people, you know, it wasn't she wasn't too hardcore scary of a message. But I think that her nomination does represent a trend in that direction. And if that trend continues, if you continue to see people like the Mises Caucus, and I am not a member of the Mises Caucus, I am just someone who is I, I ride in those circles I know a lot of people in there and I see what they're doing and uh, I'm not a, a like any kind of like member or per se stated supporter but I like a lot of the people there and I appreciate a lot of what they're doing and uh, I think those people in that caucus are the more enthusiastic uh, of anybody I've seen and then that caucus itself I don't think there's any caucus that hardly takes in any money let alone this caucus is now they have their own pack where they're making they're taking it over $8,000 a month just on their political action committee I mean so they're, they're making real headway they're they're bringing in real players they're bringing in money uh and they're they're bringing in the enthusiasm that it takes to win inter-party elections that it takes to win local elections so i think they do represent a lot of hope now why you should hate them why you should dislike them <laughs> uh they do get a lot of accusations of being like either racist or entryist or bringing that in or uh bringing in an element of like republicanism that isn't really libertarian Frankly, as an unbiased observer who doesn't really care, I just want to see liberty, you know, liberty at large. I want to see liberty everywhere represented boldly. Uh, that's all I want. I don't care who does it or how they're doing it or, you know, whatever, where they come from. Uh, I, I don't really see that at all. Uh, I think just like any group, when you have like a Facebook group of like four or five thousand people, sometimes you're going to see a meme that some people find distasteful, but that's certainly not the trend. And, uh, you know, even things like if you look at their plank, I mean, I, I, the most I've heard is like their, their border Nazis or something like that. And then, but if you actually talk to anybody in the caucus or look at their actual stated planks, they don't take a position intentionally on on immigration. They don't take a position on abortion because those are somewhat controversial issues within libertarianism, they put those issues to the side because they want to focus on what they, and what I would agree with, should be the the biggest issues for libertarians, which should be anti-war, anti-Fed, anti-drug war uh those should be the big ones and and on those i align with them 100 so to the extent that they are uh putting that message forward i'm a fan just like i'm a fan of anybody who's putting that message forward boldly that's what i want to see uh from libertarians from caucus from mises caucus from libertarian party members from republicans from people who are not involved in any political party i want to see as bold a messaging as possible as bold and effective as a messaging as possible because there's definitely ways to be bold and ineffective
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah definitely that's true and I would say too, um, well, I guess I wanted to add or, or comment on the fact that you can't really help who your followers are necessarily. I mean, even we've had to block people mm-hmm. that come on, um, you know, our Facebook page or Instagram or something and, and makes a racist comment. Like we had no control that they clicked the follow button. We didn't have any control until we saw them comment. Like, right. so you can't,
2: you could take a screenshot of that comment and then just say like, that we're running a, a racist
1: podcast. Exactly. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, we had no idea who that person was when they chose to follow. It's like same thing I say with, you know, Tom Woods, everybody was mad at him. I guess what was that a couple of years ago um, that he wouldn't denounce white supremacy, even though he has, it's just, it's just those type of things um, are just amazing to me. And it's, it's really amazing to me how much, um, well, what would you call it? How like how big those stories actually get, um, yeah, like how how you can basically make something up and have uh, mm-hmm. so much weight behind it it's, I, it's impressive
2: the The trend of calling everything racist and white supremacist is getting super annoying to me mm-hmm. and and i I really hate to see this from people in the libertarian party too, because to me it means that we're moving away from. Objectivism and individuality, and uh, you know, individual liberty and personal responsibility for each separate human being. We're putting people in the groups. We're collectivizing. Uh, we're moving towards subjective things. And um, what I really, what I really hope people in the Libertarian Party realize is that. What the media did, this is no defense of Donald Trump, but what the media did to Donald Trump when it comes to the racist white supremacist narrative, they will do the same thing to the Libertarian Party based on their platforms. A, a party where there is no taxation or, or there are no subsidies for special interests like clean energy and things like that. A party where we get rid of uh, a, a bunch of different departments that are helping this person and this person the Libertarian Party, even if they're on the the left, libertarians or the right, libertarians will be painted absolutely as a giant group of white supremacists by the media, and so that's why I never like this this bandwagon getting on and calling everyone white supremacist and racist because they don't support this specific thing or or, or whatever the reason is. You not supporting. Uh, someone getting uh, welfare money or the housing and urban development or or di- anything, anything with climate justice and social justice and any of these things that we steal money from some person and give it to another person, you will be called a racist by the media. They will do the same thing to Joe Jorgensen and Spike Cohen that they did to Donald Trump. and And they will actually have more ammo to do it because you want to tear apart even more of the systems that are redistributing money. And I really hope that people in the Libertarian Party realize that, that getting on this trend of deciding that a whole group of people are racist because of something that they support or don't support is insane. Marie said, here we go
1: again. Nate, you're whitesplaining.
2: I think Maurice is actually a is also a patron of uh, Maurice is a
0: patron of everything. I know Maurice is is like he has traveled the spectrum of like through GML to Lions of Liberty and then through to like he follows Bravo and Beer. He's over on Second Print Comics. Like he has just taken the full the full tour of the of of our podcasting chain here.
1: (laughs) He is. And he's always number one. Thank you, he's thank like you. Usually the first thank one on everything.
0: Please keep, please keep sending us money. But Maurice actually just became a Nittany level patron as well, so he's going to be producing one of these shows a month too. Probably Maybe he'll just money. have you guys come back on.
1: Yeah. Probably all the money he's made from GML, funneling back into Lions of Liberty. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but works for me.
2: I just uh, however you got to do it. You know, my my big thing is uh, the Libertarian Party needs to be, I think we need to do a better job. If we're going to be in the Libertarian Party, Charlie, I don't know if I'll ever, you know, if we would ever, even when I joined, Charlie wouldn't join because he's that Libertarian. He just can't do it. He can't join. And I don't even um,
1: like boxes from Amazon,
2: uh, he doesn't to want to be in a box. <laughs> <laughs> That's how libertarian is. He can't be in the box. Uh, but can't you
0: send it in a bag, Amazon?
2: <laughs> there is such a big opportunity right now to not just be getting in on all of the division between uh, the, all the racial lines and and all of those struggles. But the, look at the lockdowns. We got people that literally they can't go out of their houses, or they can't see their families, or that they can get arrested for not wearing a mask, or you get a fine for not wearing a mask, or whatever it's going to be. Like the libertarian. Party can easily be the place that you go to 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 hear about how lockdowns are not only unconstitutional but they're immoral and they're taking away people's rights and they should be all over it. They should be talking about how taxation actually lowers the standard of living for everyone, even though you think that we're getting all these great things from it. They're obviously very anti-war, but what I've seen from them so far has been jumping in on the culture war of deciding who's a who's a racist and who isn't and and who cares about this group and who doesn't instead of actually talking about uh objectivism and principles and that the, the freaking non-aggression principle as boring as it is, let's find a creative way to talk about it. I don't know it kind of everything can stem back to the idea that we don't want to commit aggression against other people even if it is to uh, instill some type of justice in in some kind of way and I just don't see that from them and I, I really hope that we get some people in the chair position uh, that can help with the social media and all of that and and, and fix that. Before I just hit that block button, I know they won't care because I'm second tier, but <laughs> but I'll make a big stink about Who it. Cares when, hit when hit a second button, tier okay? podcaster uh, blocks them. I mean, it's like, <laughs> oh, <laughs> I don't know, man. That's uh, that's that's all I have to say about that.
1: We have another question from the group here. Um, I believe this was Todd. I have to go back and find it. He wants to know why um, it seems like the libertarians hate Israel. Do they hate Israel? I didn't notice that. (laughs) Why does the Libertarian Party seem to be so anti-Israel?
0: I'm a Libertarian, and uh, I was raised in a Jewish household. I actually have some uh, cousins that live in Israel. I I would not say that I hate Israel or hate. Well, actually, I don't know. I hate every state. (laughs) i sorry. I I worded it wrong. uh, It seemed to be so anti-Israel. There's like, there's like physical locations that humans live and there's governments and nearly every government does bad things. And I pretty much hate quote unquote, most governments. I don't hate the people that happen to live in any geographic location per se. Uh, I love Israelis. I love Americans. I love Mexicans. I love, I love people everywhere. Uh, I think why, what this person may be referencing is the fact that Israel gets gigantic, gigantic Absolutely freaking gigantic amounts of quote unquote aid, the and from the United States. That is all military aid, and uh, aid is it makes them seem like they're this poor. No, they're not a poor nation. They're a very wealthy, prosperous nation. Uh, but despite their own wealth, we still gift them hundreds, hundreds of billions of dollars. even in the coronavirus
1: relief package (laughs) yeah
0: yeah yeah. here's how it works we give aid to israel in the tune of hundreds of billions of dollars more than we give to anybody in the world i think combined they take that money but the the condition is they have to go spend that on military equipment from american contractors so it all works out great and american contractors (laughs) get a bunch of money from it and the reason there's a lot of ire towards that and you're going to see more of that from libertarians than you would from republicans or democrats who support all these programs of course you're not going to see it from them uh they the republicans support Military aid. Uh, Democrats support the same essential thing. They might want less or slightly more, but they all support the same thing. Uh, they might have slightly different opinions about whether Israel should have settlements here or there. Maybe they should have a little less here, a little, but they all agree on, on the basic principle. Um, and the reason I think libertarians are going to hear them talking more about it is because they're the biggest recipient of military aid. They're the re- biggest recipient of foreign aid. Uh, and they, they do a lot of harm with that aid. And a lot of people. You know, I don't want to get into the Israel-Palestine issue. It's a a 17-hour podcast we can go down, but it is a complex issue, and there are um, bad actors on both sides. Uh, But one of those actors has hundreds of billions of dollars and one doesn't. So yeah, that one's going to look a lot worse in the grand scheme of things. That one's going to look a lot less sympathetic um, than the other side. So I think that when you have libertarians who look at things from an individualist point of view and see one state getting a large amount of money to do bad things from from a military perspective from another state, yeah, they're going to be a natural target of ire. Uh, But I don't think libertarians hate the people of Israel or the human beings that (laughs) live in a specific geographic area anymore so than they might hate anyone else.
1: Well, the other thing is, it's not our war. Yeah, this war's been going on for three thousand years.
0: It's <laughs> like, not, but it is. Yeah, we it, pay for it. it. Yeah, now, I know we, pay for, of, it. we pay for both sides of it. We pay for both sides. Yeah,
1: now, I know a lot of Christians. <laughs> That's how would, much of our war it is. I know a lot of Christians would say, like, well, you know, we have to protect the Holy Land or whatever. Israel has to control whatever certain, you know, to those people of, I would say,
0: then, dirt. please pick up your bags. And go over right. and defend your freaking land, but stop stealing my money to do it.
1: That, right. That's my point. <laughs> if it's really well. your
0: land, better go, better get over there and defend it. Right. Cause it's not my job. I, <laughs> I just think if there
2: is any hatred, which I haven't seen specific hatred towards that, but we—I'll just say as libertarians that uh, we need to make sure we target that towards where it belongs, which is the U.S. Mm-hmm. government stealing our money yeah. and then deciding that they're going to give it to other people. And yeah, and the message not, shouldn't
0: be like "fuck yeah. Jews." <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't yeah, think it no, is. I never heard libertarians a, no. say no. that. Yeah. But no. you know, if anyone is. Delivering the message in that way, I would encourage them to alter the message yes. slightly. <laughs> There's a slight
2: messaging problem. We'll talk about then. So, <laughs> yeah. All right, man. <laughs> uh, well, we answered that question. We settled. Let's see. We settled the Israel problem. That's <laughs> that's that solved. All right. That that's off the good. list. What else can we solve? Today? Who would have known that would be so easy? Let's see. Healthcare vans. We got to mow yards. Solved,
0: solved healthcare <laughs> with the good. vans. Uh, we found We've solved the, uh, the labor shortage with uh, the we lawn did. mowing industry. We're yeah. going to employ all the 10 year olds across the nation. I wanted um, to
1: say on the lawn mowing thing, you guys were talking about a life of simplicity. And I listened to uh, this guy who was on the show alone. Uh, he was on Joe Rogan's podcast and it was actually a fan of, uh, Very fascinating episode, but he was talking about, he spent um, years uh, in Siberia with the native people there and was talking about how there's just something about nature that, that like brings out this, uh, the simplistic, the the simplistic life, just like brings out this like very raw human side um, where you're not, you know, you're not plugged into all this technology. You just like literally your job, you wake up whenever you wake up. Typically when the sun comes up and you go out and you look for food and, and you're, you know, you're, you're riding your ox or whatever it is. It's okay.
0: <laughs> that natural state of man. We talked about yes, you know, earlier. It's like, that's how that's nature. That's like how we should be really. It's just that our technology and society has advanced so much faster than our biology, that our body's like, what's going on? Like, right. why, why am I surrounded by these buildings? Like what I mean, like, Why is this all this data coming to my brain? What's happening? I just
1: found it's what, what's so weird is, um, and this may sound really strange, but something about listening to that guy talk about all that, just like uh, I felt something. Hmm. I was like, oh man, maybe I need to spend some time in, in nature. It's going a hike. It's just like something deep down inside do. of me was we like all do. you <laughs> could do this.
2: <laughs> plus you get plus you get vitamin D and then you want to worry about coronavirus. So exactly. Problem solved. <laughs> look at all the problems we're solving.
1: Yes.
0: This is look, I'm just saying I get a lot of sun and I take D three supplements every single day, and I don't have coronavirus and never have I, in fact I haven't been sick once in the last like year and a half. At most, we might get like the sniffles for like A couple hours and then it's gone. Because when yeah. you keep yourself pretty healthy and that's what's going to happen, like you're not going to get sick. You're not going to get sick for long periods of time. I'm not saying if you keep yourself health self-healthy, you can never get sick or never get a disease. Sure you can, but you're going to, your body's going to fight this stuff off a lot easier when you do encounter these things. If you're, if you're keeping yourself in a better mood, a better attitude. And then so many of the things that I've changed in my life in the last year have really proven that out. Like quite, quite obviously the fact that I haven't been sick in the last year, it's not because I'm wearing a freaking mask. It's because I've changed my life drastically.
1: Yeah, that's something we don't talk about. Well, you're just a
0: conspiracy care. theorist to throw that it too, out yeah. there. Like, yeah, yeah that's consp- what it is. If you think if you think sun is uh, makes you healthy, you're a conspiracy theorist. If now. you, you think actually- vitamin
2: D is good for your immune system, then you're obviously just peddling conspiracy. theories. <laughs> I actually saw it was like <laughs> yeah.
0: I think it was like the New York Times again or some something that very recently put out an article like studies suggest that vitamin D may be effective in fighting coronavirus. like really something that everyone has known for like decades you're putting out as this breaking news story that crazy conspiracy libertarians have been saying for the last year is is now a a breaking news. You don't need studies for some of this stuff people. Sometimes we can just say look when you go outside and get sun you're healthier. We don't need to (laughs) to wait for the New York Times to tell us this. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, I've got one I know we're
2: we're, um, going going long here. I got a a question Uh, this is a good good, all day. good question. If there was one issue that libertarians could get done under a Biden administration, what, do you, what what would it be? What do you think it'd be? What's something that we could try and get done during this uh, the the tyranny that's about to be imposed on on all of us? What it, what's a
1: realistic goal? that We probably we could don't get? have much time because pretty soon it'll be the Harris administration. I'm, yeah. I'm going
0: to go ahead and quote uh, Vin Armani, who was on my show a couple times last year. Uh, he had some very sage advice for people with this question. His advice. I wish I had the soundbite, like a soundboard queued up, because him saying it's better. But his advice is to get your shit and go. That's your, his advice: get your shit and go, get the fuck out of this country. And I'm in the process of exploring ways to take that advice as soon as possible, because I at least getting out of like big cities like this. Um, but hey, I, think, I
1: know a guy, uh, Mikkel Thorup. By the way, you know, yeah, I know that, that guy that, too. The expat <laughs> lifestyle. That's which you can actually, find more
0: about it at expatmoneyshow.com.
1: Exactly. Yeah.
2: You know who's not worried about what's going on in the US right now?
1: McKellthorpe.
2: Thorpe. Exactly.
0: <laughs> well, he is because he can get a lot more clients when, when things true. are going down in the US. Yeah. So that, yeah. But um, no, I mean, it's true. I mean, you. Wait, there, maybe he's been causing
2: all of this stuff. The
0: direction things <laughs> yeah. are going in this country is, at this point, somewhat inevitable. If you've kind of been watching what's going on, it, it's kind of like we're at a, a stage culturally and societally where we are turning towards tyranny and tyranny doesn't come when one guy comes in and is bombastic and tweets a lot and uh, acts real scary and mean. That's not what tyranny is. That's that's not what tyranny is. Tyranny never really comes from one politician just grasping power. It's not really how it happens. It really happens from society ch- going through a change and for society sort of turning on itself. And that's what we're seeing now. Like I'm much more afraid of my fellow Los Angelesians, Like calling the police or screaming at me because I'm wearing a mask than I am of some politician, of Donald Trump or even Joe Biden for that matter. The politicians have no power. They really have no power at all. They're just one person. They can't do anything uh, on their own uh, without armies behind them and this sort of thing. Um, What can do something is our our neighbors and our fellow man who will call for the police to arrest you if you're not wearing a mask or who will cheer you being put into a boxcar because you might have been a Donald Trump supporter. You might have voted for Donald Trump and you need some re-education. You need some truth and reconciliation. These are real freaking terms that AOC mm. used uh, <laughs> last week. Uh, she said truth. We just need truth and reconciliation. Like, wow, you're just, you're taking right out of the playbook. You're not mm-hmm. even changing the marketing here. Yep. So we're in that direction. There, there is an, it is inevitable. I would say it's so inevitable that it's already here. We're here. We're here. Uh, so either recognize it and decide you're going to hunker down and form your own communities and figure out how to navigate your way through it or stop bitching and get the fuck
1: out. Those are really, the, <laughs> those really are the options. Well, you heard it here first, folks. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I'm just going to put quotes around that. Yeah, yeah. Mark Claire.
1: Well, and that's the thing, Brian I, well, from Lines of Liberty. I, you know, yeah, Brian said, that. "Do you get out or do you stay and fight?" I mean, that's the. Well, when, when I say fight, I mean, but
0: you, not, yeah, I, mean I, I think the best you can I'm do not, is fight fight for your family, fight for your community, fight for your friends, form your own sort of protective barrier around yourself as much as possible. I don't think when, when I say I don't think I don't think we can change, like, the direction that things are going overall. I think we can change it in small ways and, you know, kind create of our, create our own communities and find ways to escape from it in individually. But I'm not sure we can really change the overall trend.
1: Yeah. Well, see, that's the problem. Just not, not
0: the most inspiring message, maybe, but it, you know, <laughs> it's the true one.
1: The only way to uh, have some truth and reconciliation is prison camps. Obviously. <laughs> that's so d- that's.
0: Well, they're just they were just for reeducation. Oh, just, yeah. yeah. Just to be a- clear, it's just to you read some books. Basically, you watch a few videos. Oh. And you'll learn why voting for Donald Trump made you racist and evil and why you <laughs> need to change those ways. And it's not it's not something you got to freak out about. We are going to use some of the camps that they did happen to use uh, for the whole German and uh, Japanese thing. We're going to reuse just because we have a nice we have their beds there and everything yeah. already. So it's easier. But but don't don't freak out. It's so, fine. They'll it's be just, nice, friendly CCP camps. A it's bit, school you know, part no two. It's, yeah. it's no big deal.
1: And it's required. <laughs> and, you know. If you don't go,
0: well, then you can go into a different box. When you put it that way, I'm not really that worried,
2: worried about, about it, where but,
1: that one
0: goes. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. I think, I think, um, you know, more questions coming in from the live group is like, that's the best question. Go or fight. How do we fight? Like, what do we do? And um, you know, that's something we talk about all the time is taking personal responsibility. Um, I, that, I think that's the ultimate individual list libertarian thing that you can do. And um, you know, really that's, what you were talking don't about,
0: don't start a podcast, whatever you do, we have enough,
1: <laughs> but what you were talking about, Mark is, is, you know, having that community and, and those, those folks is like, essentially is, um, look at the writing on the wall and understand that th- this is what's coming. Um, hopefully at least we,
0: recognize it, you know? right. Mm-hmm. Hopefully
1: we can, if you're hopefully not going to do can,
0: anything, at least know what you're not doing anything about. <laughs> hopefully we can
1: thwart it. But as you said, if, if we can't, because it, it's probably coming, then what are you going to do about it? And start thinking about that now. That's the best thing you can do. Uh, figure out a way of what, what you can do to avoid. Uh, my line in the sand is prison camps. I'm, you
3: know,
0: <laughs> yeah, that's a that's pretty camp. good line. Yeah. Mine's, <laughs> mandatory, mine's mandatory vaccines. No but, one's forcing you to you know, but you know when to your vaccine. line, mandatory vaccines? It's my first it's I have a lot of lines, oh, but okay. it's, it's a line.
1: Okay. You know, yeah. you know, we got a lot of lines over here in the studio <laughs> when they start talking Did about say lions or lions, who knows <laughs> the lines of liberty. <laughs> here They are when you that's start. The, that's
0: that's the after dark show. <laughs> the lines of
1: when when the conversation is always when you have a, an, an antithetical position uh, the, and the line is always, well, this is just white supremacy. We played a video from AOC uh, last week as well. It's just every if you go against them, it well, obviously you're just a racist white supremacist. Then, um, then you're starting to see that same rhetoric um, as we've seen before throughout history, and and the ev- the inevitable is a is a worse place than we're at now. So, and
0: I'm not joking. You send your kids to public school. Don't be surprised when they adv- if you're like any kind of conservative or something. Don't be surprised when someday they are advocating you to go to jail or to advocate for you to be in, a, in the camp because mm-hmm. that's where this is going. I, like mm-hmm. I, I wish I was being hyperbolic because I'm really not. Like, this is where things are going. It is becoming the point where anybody, you know, it, it's it's not now all the same thing. It's MAGA, Trump, conservative, libertarian, bougie boys, white supremacy, and they're all becoming one thing to them. It's all the same thing. And those things are all crimes against humanity, things that people are going to need to be re-educated about to be fully reintegrated back into our society, or they're going to need to be put out of our society. That is the attitude they are taking towards anyone who does not toe the sort of a uh, I would call it the the fascist progressive line because we're seeing it, it's fascism now. It's coming out of major corporations. When you get five hundred companies sending the same email every day, okay, something's going on here. <laughs> it's not five hundred CEOs individually uh, having some revelation about Black Lives Matter or about the insurrection at the Capitol. No, these are these are literally company lines, but they're company lines from higher than these than these companies. This is the government now. The government is all these companies yeah. and the gov- It's it's all one thing. Yeah, I literally they're there.
1: I literally have. A- um, I can't mention, I'm not going to mention their name because I still need revenue right now, but I have, a, I have a client that has a diversity and equity division now where they're doing trainings and reeducation already within side the organization. Um, and they, and they do uh, what was the thing Jordan Peterson was talking about? The um, the unconscious bias mm-hmm. training mm-hmm. and those types yes. of things. Yes. And I've had you, to take many of those. And if you don't adhere to those, then well, obviously you're just a white supremacist racist and we can't have you mm-hmm. because you're, you're a detriment to society. And so Look, I mean, I think the writing's on the wall. Of course, I'm not. I'm, I'm. I'll never give up hope. We talk about this all the time. I won't give up hope that we can still win the war of ideas. Um, but but you should be prepared for either outcome. That's, that's what I say.
0: I, w- I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing either. If I didn't have hope to change things or change people's lives or make things better, I wouldn't bother. Uh, so of course I do as well. Uh, but I think you can have hope and try to change things while also kind of recognizing where yeah, we are. Exactly. I, this is where I align with what Dave Smith had to
2: say, which is uh, when the ashes all settle, because I have no hope for what's about to happen at, at all, to, to be honest with you. But when it does settle, how big of a group of people who, uh, are thinking objectively and, and, you know, freedom, individual, liberty, all that, how big of a group are we going to have of people that have those ideas uh, when, when all, when everything restarts again? And so that's what I, I'm, we, we use this to talk about it. Charlie's very optimistic. Um, I'm realistic.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: and, uh, and, and so that's how I, that's realistic realistic And that's just important. Yes, well, look, if you as know as anything realistic. about
1: personalities, it's just part of my personality. I see optimism in everything. Yeah. That's because of who I am. You know, <laughs> I still think Nate's going to be a good person one day.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. See, and I'm more realistic. I'm given up. Okay. So, so anyway. Oh, uh, right. uh you know, that's all of our questions from the group. So
0: one thing
1: I, I you don't... can do is find a really good friend who's got a massive farm in a remote area, a uh, horse farm, hopefully. That's yeah. well,
2: We don't have horses.
0: (laughs) I just want to live on a horse farm. Is that so much to ask? One (laughs) thing I will say, I think, just want to live a simple life. I want to mow my horse farm every morning.
1: And (laughs) one thing I think, let the horses mow mow their farm. One thing I think that plays into our favor as as we round this out is that I think most people who would uh, maybe lean towards the side of liberty have most the guns. So (laughs) I feel like that's playing in our favor.
0: At least. Yeah. That is the positive, I I would say. Yeah. (laughs) Unless they decide that the The thing about when I say I'm afraid of my neighbors, like, at least I'm probably the only one armed amongst them all. Right. (laughs) Yeah. If if they really come after me, it's like, okay, well, this isn't going to last that
1: long. Yeah.
2: Well, listen, man, when everything hits the fan, um, I've got a big family farm up in uh, in Southern Illinois. It'll be like the exact location. It'll be like the Walking Dead. I just need you to walk east, and eventually you're going to find it. I want you to find where the Ohio and the Mississippi meet. And then I want you to go due north uh, west about twenty oh, well, miles from there, okay? West. And okay. Uh, and when you find the farm, and we'll just call it the farm right now. Uh, then you'll you'll be safe. So once you guys backpack across the country and fight off all of the commies on your way there, uh, we'll be able to <laughs> to live in peace on this farm that has unlimited water and food and and all this and and guns. <laughs> so <laughs> it'll it'll be good. All right. So they're. That's, that's, a, that's what you got to do. All right. I'll send you a this map. Is the
0: libertarian future. I desire. And
2: yes.
1: Then. <laughs> we're getting, we're getting canceled after this show.
2: <laughs> uh, if we're not canceled yet, I don't think it's going to happen. Well,
0: that's only for top tier podcasts. Oh yeah, yes, no, yeah, you, You're not big enough to get canceled yet. So don't <laughs> even worry.
1: <laughs> Although we read a story, uh, last week or was it yesterday? Yesterday. Uh, yeah. Yesterday about how podcasts is the underground, you know, uh, white supremacist, uh, epicenter or yeah. whatever do you
2: guys have a plan for how you're still gonna have a podcast after they remove all the uh
0: we have been talking about that <sighs> yeah. yeah we're gonna have to figure that out yeah <laughs> i mean i i own i have every episode i've ever done offline so it it can be rebirth anywhere mm-hmm. yes until they i don't know they'll probably find a way to hack my hard drives too and delete, delete well, maybe it. y'all can
1: <laughs> rent some uh liberty uh server space when i get that set up yeah
2: Liberty servers. <laughs> that's Liberty servers. That's, that's our I'm next starting. business. We're going to host them through Russia. Yeah, it'll, it'll be fine. <laughs> totally cool. So Ed Snowden's going to be our IT guy. <laughs> he's,
1: <laughs> he's already working on it.
2: <laughs> so as long as we can keep him there.
1: Well, Mark, it's been a great conversation as always. It has indeed fun hanging out with you uh, as we do this uh, once uh, a couple. You guys
0: months. just paid me to have this conversation. I just want to emphasize this point. That
1: just happened. That's and it was, well, that's because we're second tier. <laughs> Once, well, yeah. we, once, yes. we once you reach once first tier. once you're in my tier, yeah, the money then, you'll, stops.
2: then you'll ask us to come on the show without <laughs> right. any type like, Guys,
0: could you please? But,
1: yes. Please. I would love. Remember
0: no. me? No. Remember the good old times? This goes good to old show top you, tier folks. Mark will let you
1: on. This is go, go, to, go to show you. You still can pay for friendships.
0: Uh, yeah, yes. absolutely. Oh, yeah. That's, that's, that's the whole, That's the Lions Liberty business model. I mean, you give us money, we'll we'll act like we like you. It's uh, really
2: straightforward. Are we the only one grandfather then at the uh, at the old
0: what, at the
2: old rate? I, no, I feel pretty there's good. A, there's not one grandfather. Okay, today good, good,
0: good. Yeah, no, yeah. You're, you're, we're actually about to raise that level All entirely. Right. But oh, you will still that. be grandfathered in, don't you Okay, Look at that the grand the grandfathering continues. <laughs> I feel kind of bad about it, but I mean, hey, that's your guys' hey that's that's, that's the bonus of getting in early. You
1: know? Yeah, there you yeah. go.
2: It's a good investment.
0: You got in you got in right as we were breaking through to the top tier.
3: <laughs> there you go. <laughs> it
0: was in perfect investment one
2: one right there. <laughs> and now so you heard, made the list as good as Jeff Bezos' ex wife.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, gents. Well, you two can be like Nate and Charlie. You two can be like Maurice and become a Nittany-level patron of Lions of Liberty at patreon.com slash lionsofliberty for only a measly 50 smackers a month you get to get in the queue uh, and every few months produce one of these episodes like we did here today so i encourage that of all of our patrons well our patrons are already on patreon so stay there <laughs> and uh, and or, or join if you're listening in the public feed uh, days later like a like a plebeian and of course uh if you're one of nate and charlie's patrons and not one of ours i think we have all the same patrons actually i'm not sure pretty sure uh, anyway but you can be a any level patron and send us a little more money and produce one of these shows yeah. Really, it's a win-win-win. Pay for friendship. That is the libertarian business model.
1: That's how you have great conversations. Yes. <laughs> it's pay by them. paying for it.
0: <laughs> With somewhat real friends. Mm-hmm. All
2: right, man. Right, thank, well, thank you very much for blast. having us. We appreciate Absolutely, it. Absolutely, guys. Um, thank you for continuing to take our money, even though uh, <laughs> you know, we're vicious, uh, racist, or whatever it is we people are these days that support the things that we support. So we appreciate Indeed. it. And could I mention that people should uh, go over to uh, their podcast app right now and search Good Morning Liberty? And then go listen to that podcast. I can we have three three hundred. And by the time you listen to this, there's gonna be about three hundred and ninety-three episodes God on damn. there. 393 so we're coming it's up It's amazing how guys how fast you guys can
0: catch up to me when you're doing a show
2: every day i know yeah. <laughs> it's, it's pretty quick so 393 go listen take the 393 episode challenge only then can you leave us a positive or negative review on apple <laughs> uh, on on apple music so go do that we're talking about capitalism and how beautiful it is free market capitalism Mm -hmm. and liberty individual liberty personal responsibility life liberty and the pursuit of meaning every single day of the week when we want to
1: join now before we become a top tier podcast it's gonna get way more expensive than yeah mark fun as always you stay absolutely
0: guys talk to you soon all right keep up the great work (laughs) keep on roaring